Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 63 of the Watch Rolling Podcast. The Watch Rolling Podcast is a veteran-owned podcast that focuses on horology and watch enthusiasm from a veteran's point of view, as well as sharing valuable veteran resources with the watch enthusiast community. My name is Jason. I'm your host. If you're new to the pod, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Uh, the Watch Rolling Podcast is brought to you by the AWWC, the Anti-Watch Watch Club, who is a 501c3 charity that now focuses on providing training for law enforcement first responders, as well as doing holistic and alternative health for disabled veterans, as well as taking care of their important needs like housing, food, transportation for homeless or at-risk veterans, as well as needs for spouses and children of veterans for stuff when they're going through stuff like cancer treatment, travel for medical appointments, et cetera. And they're um, working towards hopefully one day getting academic grant programs for trades like STEM for dependents or for veterans. They're a great organization. They utilize a drop style culture to fund all this stuff, stuff like the flag behind me, collabs like the anti-watch watch club t-shirt collab with trash tack it's uh they do a great job they provided tons of money and uh, i just can't support the awc enough i'll do everything i can uh, awc sponsors this pro- podcast but they do not pay any money and no, nor do any of the leaders take any salaries um, i'm doing it as a solid for them they're doing it as a solid for me because it's just important to get the word out there feel free to go to antiwatchclub.org and donate um, every little bit helps and helps uh, people that need it so check them out this week's episode is another special episode. It's an interview with Alex from the Army and Watch Time podcast. Alex is a, uh, I would you know, short time friend of the pod, but feels like a long time friend of the pod. Alex, uh, him and he and I hit it off right away. He was kind enough to have me on his podcast a couple times, and uh, you know, it's it's crazy. The um, flow of conversation is so easy, man. We both crack each other up. Alex is super super knowledgeable when it comes to uh, timepieces and horology in general. It's crazy. Uh, uh, his Army and Time podcast does interviews. He'll have standalone where he talks about stuff with watch enthusiasts. Um, he recently won a pretty cool watch due to his expansive watch knowledge. Um, we always talk about how Alex isn't wrist gifted like me, but um, he's he's watch brain gifted. I'll tell you that much because he knows a lot of stuff. And um, Alex is expanding into other things. He's an active duty soldier. Uh, we'll only talk about that as much as he wants to. But, you know, like most uh, active duty military people, he has some side hustles. And he's preparing for a life after the army. And so he'll, he'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, we're going to discuss his content creation and what his plans are ballpark for when he retires, which is uh, not going to be too far off. But um, without further ado, I'd like to introduce Alex from the Army in Time podcast. Hey, Alex. What's up, man? How not much. How you doing? Good, good. I'm doing good. Um, cooler morning than, than it has been in the last week. So, hey, man, bro. It's like a 20 degree difference in one day. Yeah. From yeah, yesterday. It feels, feels pretty good. So. For those of you that don't know, we're recording this uh, Sunday morning on the 30th of July. Um, this will release Tuesday morning. Uh, if I release it Monday, I will cut my viewership in half, which would be, which would be like 12. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> the people on the really popular people release on Monday. So I'm trying to get, I'm trying to scratch out every viewer I can get. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's breaking the fourth wall, but that's what we're here to do. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, you know, um, Alex, you know, real quick before we get started. So, you know, for those of you at home that don't know, Alex is a rich watch enthusiast like myself. Um, I'm trying to get a lot better about doing a wrist check before we start talking about everything. <laughs> so, Alex, as the guest of honor, what is on your wrist this morning? I have my Casio G-Shock, the oh, nice. dial one. And uh, yeah. Nice, man. On, how's that? How's the, that strap on it? It's great, man. I ha- This one is a D-Log. Um, um elastic strap and this one is kind of like a like a a loop it doesn't have any okay 
any adjustment, any or any um, buckle. Mm-hmm. It just stretches in into your wrist, and that's pretty much it. Um, so it's not the old school NATO style. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't go through? Uh, just just lug to lug. We're never using it. that word again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got a master plan set up. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a. Uh, the strap is pretty comfortable, pretty good. Um, I like it. I might, after my episode with uh, Justin from Recon Team, I might order a Hawk Rigger and see how they feel on it. Oh, nice. Test it out. Yeah, that was a great episode, by the way. Um, it hey, was a strap episode. Yeah, yeah, strap episode. Strap episode. So <laughs> I'll put that link in the show notes so everyone go check it out. But really good stuff. I mean, I learned about some straps. Obviously, I'm going to learn about straps I don't know about because there's like nine million strap companies. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's impossible. It's like that meme where all the hot dogs are flying at your face. Like it's like I can't <laughs> stop getting straps thrown at me. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I learned. No, I learned about. It. I want to go check them out and because because yeah. I'm always down to have some straps. I'm trying to, you know how it is, coordinate my collection to where I'm got nothing but 20 yeah. millimeter lug widths just to make it. Yeah. It's impossible to do. It's impossible. But, yeah. But I'm gonna try my my best. Um, yeah. And that's awesome. Watch. Is that a the green one is that special edition? No, this one is one of the the metal uh, cases, not the the resin cases. Oh, so okay. the metal the metal cases come in blue, green, and black. Oh, really? And this one is the the green one. And then I guess you know G Shock realized that everyone was taking the resin ones and modding them and putting them in metal cases and they were like well yeah. we want a piece of that so yeah. <laughs> they come up with their metal uh versions and then the metal versions come in um uh, two options you get the the regular rubber strap with the metal case which is this one and then you get a full-blown metal case with metal bracelet like everyone has been trying to mod them to be uh yeah. but straight from them and then those ones come in a, in a little bit different colors, but about four or five colors. Nice. Yeah, yeah I've been I've been wanting I have I want a new G Shock, but I'm I'm gonna wait it out for a minute because yeah. I think I, I think if I get one, I want to go on the shopping in Japan and get one from Japan. Like if yeah, I'm gonna yeah, get yeah. a G Shock, get something cool that not everyone gets from the from the exchange or AFES. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's if if if. Yeah, those are like hot dogs that turn into other hot dogs when the hot dogs <laughs> hit each other. There's so many of them. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, but enough about, oh, yeah, on my wrist, I got my yeah. say-coated mil-sub mod. It's really I nice, can't, man. I can't turn my wrist the right way. There you go. <laughs> I just posted nice, a man. picture of it on a, yep. on a gray mushy strap, gray fluted mm-hmm. mushy strap. Yeah. Um, super comfortable, man. Joe over at Say Cody did a great job for any of you that are interested. Um, Joe's out of the UK, but solid dude. Um, check him out, Say Coded. I don't ever, I never asked him, is it Say Coded or Seiko Ed? His name's not Ed. So I mean I, I have I call it Say Coded. I don't Me know. Too. I have Me too. no idea. <laughs> it's been it's been going on two years now, and I need to figure out I need to be hey man, uh, am I saying it wrong? But anyways, he does a great job at modding stuff and um just a great guy. Check him out. He's uh he's starting to to he got a bunch of requests for these, man, once this one popped off. So nice. It's just nice. super classy, man. And it's a coffee yeah. grounds, baby. Coffee it, grounds. it looks but, amazing, man. Amazing. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. So, you know, we're not here to talk about me and my uh, awesome mod 
watch. We're here to talk about you, Alex, and uh, you know your professional career and your content creation, your channel, and then any of the plans you have going forward. Uh, for those of you at home that haven't listened, I know, Alex, we talked about it, but my goal with this interview series is just to provide people that are in or around the veteran space or content creation space for watch enthusiasm to kind of, you know, I always talk about sharing valuable veteran resources with the watch enthusiast community. Well, and we, those of us that are military affiliated or retired or active duty understand that our people are our greatest resource, right? And that's a, you know, that can be a, a cliche phrase, but it's in reality, it's the absolute truth. If you take it seriously, like, you know, there's each one of us is a complicated person. Each one of us has got a bunch of stuff going on. Like I've learned a lot of stuff from you, from our interactions and just, you know, as far as like, I need to up my watch knowledge, man. Like, cause you're so, such, so knowledgeable in the watch stuff. It's like, I can't just like wax poetic about watches all the time. I got to really learn like, <clears throat> what did the movements do? You know what I mean? Like the stuff, if I'm being honest, I'm not really keen on <laughs> learning about, but it's, it's important, right? Because, yeah. you know, you never want to like steer someone the wrong way if they ask you advice or something like that. So I just really want to be able to get some of the people that I've had the opportunity to interact with from a slightly different angle, because when it comes to the podcast and stuff, we see a person, you know, talking about stuff they like, but not necessarily always talking about themselves and, and how it all kind of came to be. So that's the whole goal of this interview series. Um, but without further ado, Alex, like, so like, would you mind highlighting, I guess, your professional experience for us and then how did that lead to you kind of becoming a content creator? So for me, man, I, uh, so I'm active duty military. I've been in the army for almost 18 years now. Um, been a nerd by trade, by trade, I guess, or MOS, what we call it, uh, my whole career. So 25 uniform, which is communications. And that's my whole career. Um, I venture off a little bit, but didn't change my career field per se, mm -hmm. just venture off into different things. And then I got hurt, came back to being just a nerd. And, and then I've been a nerd for, for the rest of the time. And just pretty much one day after um, listening to a podcast, I decided, you know, um, I might, I might want to do this, but from the army perspective. Now, this yeah. is the thing. At first, I was just going to do just like every other podcast is out there. And then I was reading the book, A Man and His Watch. Yeah. And it kind of, it kind of clicked on me, you know, at some point, what I want to do is I want to tell the stories of the guys that have their watches, but the military ones. Because to me, it's like, you know, you read these books, you hear this, you see the stories, you hear the stories. And it's always, you know, famous people, actors, sports people, whatever yeah. it is, um, but never the common man. And the reality of it is the people that are famous, they're wearing these watches, they don't do what the watch is intended for. So what they're telling us is the best watch. It's just the best watch in their head is the best watch that looks good behind a camera and gets some recognition. Um, and they're telling you because 80% of the time they have something going on with that brand. So to me, I was like, I want something different. I want something that um, I can tell stories of 
military LEOs, any anyone out there just using their watches for whatever their job it is and whatever watches that they use and why they think those watches fit perfectly for them. And um, and just tell those stories, whether it is a nerd like me in a, in a communications area or yeah. someone, you know, actually an infantry guy, artillery guy, special forces guy, doesn't matter out there doing what they do. And uh, that's when the pod was born. Nice. Nice. So, so was there, um, was there a defining moment? Was there something that you watched or something that someone said? Cause, cause that like triggered it. Like it was like, it was instantaneous. You're like, no, I'm doing this because you heard some craziness or something, or was it just a gradual, gradual buildup over time? It was definitely a gradual buildup for sure. Um, I, uh, I mentioned this before, but the, the, the two podcasts that I used to listen the most when I was stationed in Alaska was uh, Whiskey and Watches and Rich Cheese Radio. And then started to to build up from there. And then I found your podcast. And uh, and listening to, to, to those two and then listening to yours and seeing the difference on how yours was oriented towards military and resources and stuff. I was like, you know what? Um, yeah, I think my idea of of um, telling military stories, I think yeah. it can be done, and then and just it was born. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, and I, 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 that's what I like about yours is um, because you hear from like such different different people. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they may they may be army affiliated, but the job they did or or where they served yeah. or you know it's it's such a like they all connect at one point, but then they seriously branch off. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. then again, like I know that the army's the largest you know of the yeah, departments yeah. it's huge you know so yeah. um it, that makes sense but it's always been pretty interesting because you know and then sometimes you have like some air force guys coming on i know you still have never filled the space force billet so if anyone's listening <laughs> alex is dying to interview a space force person um, yeah. if it could be from outer space that'd probably be the best interview <laughs> that'd be you the know? best interview ever yeah float, <laughs> float around you know do all the astronaut stuff or whatever um but yeah, oh no, that's interesting because yeah, for, it's the same thing for me. It was a kind of like a yeah. sl- slow burn um, kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. So what's one thing after hosting your podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, what's one thing that that podcast has taught you that you didn't think you, you didn't expect? So the, I guess the, the community that comes out of um, telling people stories, right? Yeah. So like telling people stories and then what branches off of that, the relationships that you're able to, to build and, and people and meet people and, and all this stuff because of people telling their stories and connecting other people and stuff like that. I didn't think, um, I thought that was only, you know, segregated to, to Joe Rogan and, and their pot and, and podcasts yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. I thought people like that was the only, only ones that were able to make those, those things happen. And I was very surprised that even at the beginning, um, when I had like one person listening, maybe, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, like being able to, to, to make those connections for other people, um, mm. the people, you know, 
I don't know, it's just the relationship, the community that comes out of it is the one thing that surprised me the most. Um, that I didn't think it was uh it was possible, I guess, especially in this niche community. Yeah. yeah. So it was uh it was pretty cool um to see that starting to happen pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, so that community being unexpected. Is there anyone in particular or, you know, and I know it's impossible to remember everybody, but you know, you're speaking community. Are there any people out there that made a big difference for you from the beginning, like helped you out anyone that you mentored under or anyone that, you know, took an active role in helping you with your podcast or whatever that whole thing is from the beginning till now. Have you had anybody? So at the beginning, the only person that I talked to about the podcast, it was you. Oh really? Yeah, the only person that I talked to about oh, the man. podcast it was you. And I love then, being a single point of failure. That's the <laughs> no and pressure. Then, and then, um, so there was a uh, probably um, within the last year or so, um, there was a couple of uh, points where I talked to Rico and uh, Rico from Rico Watches podcast and um, about different things. And he helped me out with that. And um, and then, honestly, everything else has been uh, bouncing around learning. So, yeah. you know, trial and fail, uh, trial and error and just hitting the walls and rearranging. Because a lot of times, you know, there is there is an extreme push to to be extremely um, well produced. Yeah. And, um, and I, that's not, that wasn't my goal. So, uh, you know, having to, to re- refocus a couple of times is just part of the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people, uh, I mean, I'm sure some people get it like in some professional areas, but you know, I, I don't think people get it that much about us veterans or active duty military, right? Like yeah. we're expected to start regardless of how perfect or imperfect the situation is. Yeah. If something's supposed to start at zero seven, you're start not like tell, you're not telling your boss, "Oh, we got to sit around until seven thirty <laughs> because we haven't had four sausage patties yet." You know what exactly. I mean? like, what? Like, no, yeah, man. we got to start. So you're better off just putting your foot forward and doing it. Yeah. You know, because then you learn more. I honestly yeah. feel like you learn, and if no one's watching, who who gives a crud? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. You don't got anyone watching anyways, right? Exactly. You, you always yeah. have that one herb that goes back and it's like, oh, well, actually, in episode one. You said this. You're like, dude, that was like 400 episodes ago. Come on. Yeah. Man. I was like, five. yeah. 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 So speaking it's, about hurdles. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say it's, uh, it's, it's crazy how that's different from civilian life because or non-military life because I don't think that happens anywhere else. Like for us, it's start. Doesn't matter what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bro, I'm telling you, like F around yeah. and forget your socks or something. Yeah. <laughs> You'll have no <laughs> socks. <laughs> forget your jacket like yeah. congratulations you're gonna be freezing outside yeah. um so you were talking about like hurdles and obstacles and stuff like that and was there a common myth that you were told that would have been like an obstacle or some kind of hurdle or you know like don't do this that turned out to not be true in your experience that you heard from anyone that talked about podcasts and stuff like that or content creation in general yeah so the the first one was that when um when i started researching um how to start a podcast and all that stuff 
the main thing that comes up all the time is um you gotta you gotta be able to write down 10 20 episodes if if you can that means you don't have the the way forward for a podcast yeah and um and honestly i sat down and i did 10 right and by episode two all those 10 had changed and i'm telling you because yeah, you don't you don't know yet what you want to do you don't know the feel you haven't tried it out and then you try it and you're like you know what that's not what i want to do i want to do this so what i would say is if you if you have enough to say or you you feel like you have a side of the story that you want to tell and you have an idea just do it just do it like jason said like start have yourself a hard start date start it and then adjust from there like yeah you know you it's going to come up to you it's going to come to you hey this is the next thing i want to talk about or someone is going to tell you it'll be cool if you do this so you know it's um i think that was definitely one of those that um don't think people should take very seriously <laughs> yeah no that's a great point um you know i think people also need to kind of look at their talents right and acknowledge what they have um cuz like for me for starting mine I, I was an instructor for a long time. Yeah. So running my mouth was never the issue. Yep. It was just buying the $70 toner mic, putting it on the table <laughs> and figuring out which recording, you know what I mean? Like figuring out which way I wanted to go. Like who did I want to have record my stuff, you know? And yeah. And then it was off to the races. And like you said, everything's stuff has kind of changed and it's going to continue to evolve and change over time. Yep. Um, but the core of what, you know, you want to do and what I want to do is going to stay the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, so, oh, good. The only other thing would be, um, like you mentioned, gear, right? Because when another thing was, people would tell you just use your your Apple, you know, um, headsets or yeah. whatever it is, insert brand, right? And um, it. I did it and I went really quickly learned nah because <laughs> audio is very important. Yeah. And you want you want it to translate how you want it. Now that does that doesn't mean that it's gonna be the same for me or for anyone else, but um what I went through like three, four mics and then ended up with the one that I'm using now that is off the camera, but it's the same one that that, yeah. that you have, Jason. And if I would have just gone with my gut and got a good one, I, it would have been this one anyway, and yeah. I would have got it at the beginning, and that was it, as opposed to um, having to, um, you know, buy three or four. <laughs> no, you know, you're you're right. I have a I had a toner TC seven seven seven, great yeah. mic. Um, I gave it to Cody so he could use when he does stuff because yeah. I moved up to this Blue Yeti. Yeah, but I've realized now I don't like. You know, there's not a setting to talk into the top of it. Yeah. There's yeah, only yeah. a setting around in it in the front. Yeah. And I'm like, dang, dude, the way my desk is set up. So I think at the end of the year, I'm I'm saving up. I'm gonna get a road, you know, that yeah, yeah. kind of points at my face. Mm-hmm. So I can like talk into it. Yeah. And then I'll just sell this on eBay or if, if I can't be giving away everything for free. I gotta make yeah, like yeah. <laughs> sixty cents back on the dollar some way. <laughs> yeah. So if someone wants to buy this, you know, I'll sell the 
because I did the whole thing where I drilled a hole in the desk and I did the mount mm. on the thing. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it, no, it's yeah, it's, you're, you're exactly right with that. So, so far with your content creation and stuff, what was the biggest challenge you faced and how did you tackle that challenge? Cause I know it's a little bit different for everybody. Yeah. For, for me at first, like, I don't know, it's started rolling pretty good, uh, doing the episodes and honestly, the hardest part, which is still probably the hardest part is finding people because when you're a different when you're a podcast or a YouTube channel that's dedicated only to interviewing the heads of brands or brand, you know, micro brand owners or um, famous people, those are people that are that are very keen into showing up to shows or talking in public or having their voice out there. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to military people and LEOs, it is there is a lot of hesitancy on putting their voice out there. There is a lot of hesitancy on telling their story because they're afraid. First of all, we all know you got to tiptoe around everything when you're military or LEO (laughs) about talking about what you do, your story and stuff like that. Like you got to tiptoe around everything. And a lot of people get scared because they heard of someone who, especially nowadays, like you'd be surprised how many uh, young soldiers or young military people get in trouble with um, having a social media uh, profile where they accidentally, you know, showed something that they shouldn't or kept their top on and it showed their unit patch. And those things are unauthorized. So unfortunately, you know, um, people get in trouble and so on. So people get scared. People don't want to do it. And it's, it's hard because it doesn't matter. Like the first thing when I approach someone, the first thing I say is that we're just, we just want to tell the story of your watch story as it relates to what you do in the daily. You don't have to talk about your military career, your unit, none of that. Yeah. Stuff. Um, or if you want to, that's fine. But trust me, I'm not going to steer you into an area that's going to get you in trouble. Yeah. But still very very hard or a lot of hesitancy so reaching out to people and being like hey i want to tell your story and then being okay with it is hard so yeah. that's the hardest the hardest part of content creation when it comes to my podcast nice so do you feel like uh was there anything in particular you did to help the people open up and and come on or is there anything yeah you'd recommend I think, to anyone i think the the best thing is as people come in and people do it is it, it helps a lot with other people being okay with it. So as I ask people and you know, many of them probably never heard my podcast. Yeah. So I ask as I ask people, they um they'll listen to the podcast and they'll listen to other people telling the story and then they're okay with it and they'll hit me back and they're like, okay, let's do it. The other thing is when people you know, when you're a normal person, you don't mm. think you can talk about yourself and your story for an hour, <laughs> right? You don't yeah. think so, um, but it can be filled real quick. So yeah. I tell you know, I tell people, hey, look, let me fill the spaces, and then you just answer what I ask you. Trust me, we'll go more than an hour for sure. And then 
it, you know, it goes pretty quickly, but it's, it's, the, um, it's the, that's the hardest part for sure. Nice. Yeah. And I, I've noticed on your podcast, I feel like you do a really good job of making people feel uh, comfortable kind of like at home, right? Yeah. Like, you know, it's, um, it's, you have an effortless interviewing style. If I'm being honest, like it's, it, it flows real smooth and yeah. you know, people like want to talk to you and engage. Yeah. I think that's a, it's an, it's, it's it, enjoyable. It. Yeah. Yeah, man. Like you make some, you make some really dull people sound excited. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, trust me. I'm just kidding. Every, everyone, yeah. everyone you interview, I think I know, and I'm just busting their chops because yeah. you know, I probably run my mouth too much. But, um, <laughs> so, so far in this content creation thing, right. Uh, just give me a lesson you've learned that has really surprised you. Like something you've learned. You're like, man, I never would have thought that good or bad. So the the biggest lesson, and, and you alluded to it now for me, is that I didn't think I didn't think I would have been so I guess you know coming in as an as an NCO in the army, obviously we we're not we're not we don't tend to be our soldiers' friends, right? Yeah. We're their boss. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, we develop anger. It's <laughs> built up and we don't communicate very friendly or we're not very um civilian adapt, I guess. Yeah. So everyone has the stories and the and the fun stories about a uh you know, we I go to a with my wife or my significant other to mm. a civilian event and I don't click very well because everyone I make a joke and everyone looks at me like what what is what are you talking about? <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I was afraid that I, I always thought I'm not very relatable to people because in the army, unfortunately, a lot of times you have to engage and be like, Hey, doesn't matter. This is what you're going to do. Period. Move on. Yeah. Don't care about, about the, the other person's feelings, I guess. But, you know, I was afraid that I wasn't going to be very relatable to people um, as I was talking to them. Yeah, And uh, as I started talking and doing interviews, I realized that, it, you know, I was, I was decently um, able to steer conversations and make people comfortable. Now, I'll be honest, I think that being a recruiter is what helped mm. me on that because oh, being, a, <laughs> being a recruiter, oh. you know. <laughs> oh, bro. <laughs> yeah yeah you know you gotta you gotta be able to sweet talk and um and i think that that helped me a lot on yeah going back and using that same style to talk to people and stuff um but yeah that was the biggest lesson (laughs) yeah a lot of stuff makes sense now (laughs) a lot of stuff makes sense you know but listen man it's it's a i i don't know how it is in the army but i have buddies that were recruiters in the navy right yeah and i steered clear of that I, I did everything in my power. I, I told myself I didn't want to be a recruiter and I didn't want to go to Great Lakes where the I went to boot camp in another location pre, before yeah. Great Lakes was the only one. But Great Lakes, um, I was like, I don't want to go there and I don't want to yeah. I don't want to recruit. And I, I dodged <laughs> both of them in my career, which I was pretty happy about. But I got dude, I got buddies of mine that tell me stories about like the brutality of recruiting. Yeah. Right. And so my thing is like if you make it through a successful recruiting tour. Like, let's just say you broke even. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's never in your favor. Right. Yeah, it's like never. 
horror stories, man. Like I I think I know people that are actually traumatized from their recruiting. Oh yeah. Duty. Oh yeah. It's rough. Yeah. It's, it's definitely rough. Um, and, and you learn stuff about yourself for sure. Um, (laughs) but, uh, (laughs) but it's, it's rough. I will tell you this. I have seen many people in recruiting duty in many branches, not just the army, not just the Navy in a lot of branches in the parking lot, because a lot of times our offices are all in one area. So we kind of share the same parking lot. So, um, in their cars in the morning, right before work, just crying with their head in the steering wheel. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yes. Getting ready to go to work. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's rough out there. So, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you saw the news the other day where uh, I'm not going to name the branch, but they announced they were going to go to six day work weeks. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. And, and then that got shot down in about eight minutes. Yeah. You know, like, that person was told, um, uh, we're going to need you to pack up your box and, yeah. and leave, <laughs> leave, retire. So, you know, speaking of resiliency, which is pretty much what you need to yep. get through recruiting duty. Um, you know, is there a personality trait that's transitioned from, you know, any, maybe your lessons learned from recruiting your lessons learned from your time in that you've applied to your content creation and stuff like that and then if if so what is it so for me man i think you know when it comes to to trades from the military um, and this is 99 percent of military people uh, i'm not going to say 100 because there's some slackers out there but <laughs> i would say that yes 90 99 of, of military people have this and a lot of times they struggle to communicate it and a lot of times, you know, people outside doesn't understand this. There is no one like a military person ability to have resiliency. And like you said, to start something and just push through, because basically that's what that's what we do every day. Like yeah. if you think the military is this well-planned machine that tells you everything and you're good to go golden, you're erroneously horrendously <laughs> wrong right this this is a this is what we need to do at this moment and it needs to be done by this time and then they expect you to plan everything in a matter of 2 hours or 20 seconds and then basically you got to start it and you got to push through and push through and push through until it's accomplished and through that process of pushing through to get it accomplished, there is a lot of resiliency <laughs> that yeah. has to be um, taken into consideration. So um, the ability for for military people to do that without looking back and just say, look, I got to get it done. I'm going to keep pushing through and I'm going to get it done, period, for whatever the reason is, is insane. Like I see stories of, of military people or veterans starting their own companies and going through these things. And their ability to push through and get to the other side as quickly as possible is insane. Yeah. And I think that I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I'm the best one at that. I'm just saying like that definitely helped me because, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to get a lot of uh, touch points, a lot of, you know, friction mm-hmm. and it's going to, it still happens and you're going to continue to get it. And you just have to keep trucking along. You just have to keep pushing forward and, get your idea out and that's it period because it's not going to be easy there's always a learning curve but when it comes to things um that you want to do that's 
the only way. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it's, you know, it goes back to your community thing too. Like once you got into the content creation space like that and you started to talk to other veterans or active duty yeah. people, it's it's comforting knowing that yeah. you're working with other people that should have the same baseline as you, right? Like yeah. like when we started Government Cheese Time, like we, it was just this, it was quite frankly, a stupid idea, you know, that yeah. we're like, <laughs> that we're like, Hey, we should just do this. You know what I mean? Like, and then, yeah. you know, we, we wrote down a billion names and, and you hit the home run with the name and, <laughs> and then it's off to the races. Right. Like, and it's, it's a, and it's a slow burn. Like we know it's going to be slow at first, but yeah. let's keep plugging away because ultimately we enjoy the conversations we have and talking about this stuff. And then yeah. I think it's important to remember, like, it's a, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't go great for a while yeah. right like we, we've 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 had other real end of the world situations but so with all this being said you know closing out a couple of the content creation questions before we get into other stuff is um is there one piece of advice you'd like to give someone that's starting a podcast especially if they have a full-time job like you yeah so i would say there is there's two ways you can do this right you can make a schedule stick to it and be very, very, very strict with that schedule. Or you can have fun with it. You had an idea about something that you wanted to do with a hobby. If you turn this hobby into in your hobby, into your career, it's not going to be fun anymore. So you have to make the decision. Is this going to be something that is going to be my job, my, the additional work that I'm going to do? Or is this a fun idea for a hobby that I want to do? Um, you need to make that decision because that decision is going to delineate what, what way you're going to go. If you want to have fun with it, have fun with it. Don't stress too much about it. Keep it keep it to your idea. Keep moving, trucking along, and you'll be fine. Um, if you want to make it something that is work, it's work. Just keep in mind, it's not going to be fun because you're <laughs> going to have to make the hard decisions of, sticking to to a to schedule you don't have to make the hard decisions of you know things that are not going to be fun period so um if you're expecting to have fun with this um have fun treat it as a hobby and then continue to move along and if you make anything out of it then it's a bonus but at the end of the day um, you have to make that decision because that decision is is important to the way forward so yeah that's great Great, great advice because it, it, it can become kind of um, a like job. Yeah. Because yeah. you want, you know, you don't want to like just mail stuff in, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. Great advice. Great advice. All right. So any underrated tools for a new content creator? Like what's one thing, one or two things that you think they have to have? So we talked about the mic. I think the mic is very important. I think mm -hmm. that, um, you know, and, and typically... Um, I use the speakers on, on the computer, so I don't have my headphones on, but when my family's here, I, I use my headphones so I don't get distracted with what they're, yeah. <laughs> but I don't talk through, through this, right. I throw, I talk to the other mic. Um, I think it's important because that someone is going to start listening. And if it's not, if they don't click with your voice, they don't click with the sound, they're going to tune out. Right. Yeah. So very important on how do you deliver that? But the other thing is um, you got to have reliable connection because it's, it's, uh, 
you can have if you're not doing if you're just doing a podcast voice only um that's that's fine um you don't need to pay for services um you can start there's many ways to do it without having to to pay so that's not an issue but you need to have reliable connections so you need to plan for that you need to plan for if you're going to mm -hmm. do it out of your phone um it, with the cell service you got to be able to go to a spot where you got good connection and then this is the the kicker turn off your um <laughs> your say your cell phone yeah. side because as you're recording if someone calls you it will stop the recording and yeah. uh you're screwed now. So <laughs> it sounds it sounds like that was a real life lesson. Real life lessons <laughs> that was learned. Awesome. Yeah. So you know, and that's funny because I'm trying to like over the course of these interviews with people that are content creators, I'm kind of compiling data, you know, like answers to questions kind of thing. Because I could yeah. be like, well, ninety percent of the people interviewed were like, "Yo, get a good mic, yeah. have a solid internet connection." Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> you know, use headphones or some people have said stuff like that or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So my favorite question this is my favorite question to ask people is, uh, as an, cause you actually do interviews. So as a podcast yeah. host, when you have a guest, what's your biggest pet peeve that the guest does? So for me is the, the hard cuts, right? So like, mm -hmm. When you ask a question and they start talking and then you think the story is going really, really <laughs> good, very long or whatever, very yeah. developed, I, I should say. And then boom, it cuts like nothing else. <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, 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 why you cut it out like that? Like, yeah. give me more. Man. Um, I think sometimes because the they know that the rest of the story is incriminating. Like in their brain, they're like, man, this yeah. story's going great. They're like, oh, wait, I can't say that. Yeah. I can't say the yeah. rest of it. Could definitely be. But yeah, that's the that's the hardest part. That's the the worst part of interviewing because you have to mm -hmm. you have to have something in the back of your of your tongue, I guess, to to come up with very quickly or transition if they just stop out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so that's funny because Eric kind of Eric from Rico's watches kind of said the same thing. Yeah. Like his was his was more along the lines of when you had to like drag the conversation out of the person. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, man, I asked you to come on and you said you were gonna come on. Like, why are you like essentially I'm paraphrasing, but like, why aren't you talking? Yeah, yeah. Thing, yeah, because you know? yeah, a lot of times a lot of times people give stage fright, right? Yeah. And uh that you click on and you they do that introduction and it's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. <what> say. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy because I've been trying to work through that with uh my intros yeah. on video because it's like I'll get hung up on one little thing. I'm getting better. You know what I mean? I've only done three of these freaking interviews, but yeah. It's like uh yeah, it's interesting the little things that you yeah. uh, get hiccups on. But yeah. Yeah, sure. All right. So part of the whole sharing valuable veteran resources with the community is that there's a lot of individuals like yourself that are active duty that are, you know, on the verge of retirement or working towards a plan. And, you know, I was in the Navy so long and I've been around the Navy so long that, you know, those plans could be a million different things. People, I, I know people that go into finance, people that go into, you know, their own personal, personal small businesses. Some people want to become like, you know, government contractors or get a government position. Some people want to, go to Bora Bora and disappear for the rest of their lives and live off the grid, right? With a ham radio. Like it's, 
<laughs> you know, like, I don't know. There's a million different things people want to do, right? But uh, I also enjoy showing uh, a personal side to and a creative side of, of veterans or active duty or anyone that comes on the show because, you know, watches aren't the only thing that we're interested in and watches aren't the only thing that we have in common. Um, yeah. And, you know, you have some side stuff that you're planning to use when you retire. So if you want to share some of that, because I think it's important if someone's actually interested in the same thing to kind of know about that and that there's if any resources you might have or something like that for it. So what is it that you, you do on the side? Yeah. So, um, I think majority of people in the military, as they, they start, um, making it a career, one of the things that we do is, you know, you have your fire and then you, you add, you know, whether it's wood or coals, whatever you want to decide to, to reference, but you add to it. Right. And, um, you have your, your main source of the fire and you just adding. So for me, I think that, you know, it, it, you have to plan. So anyone that's that's getting out or planning to retire, you have to plan, period. That's just that's just how it works. Nothing no different than when you were in the military and you were you were trying to execute something. So I've been doing nerd stuff for 18 years. So I decided, you know, that's my one thing that is technically the most for sure thing because you know, you have so much experience. And the more you you get towards the end of the career, you start learning how to translate what you did to civilian life. And then I got a degree um, in um, IT project management, a couple of certifications in order to continue that if that's the route. But then that's the one thing that, you know, if I can't get this other things going, that's my main source of the fire. Everything else is just adding on. And what I did was I started a couple of things. So I started to say, like, what do I like? I like photography. Um, I don't necessarily uh, show that in my in my watch content. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think I have posted a single picture with my professional camera yet. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of weird. But. Um, it's a pain in the butt to do that though, right? Yeah. No, yeah. not really. It's easier. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Because um, you can actually put a watch in the perfect lighting and you don't have to be close to get real close in the picture. So when you take the 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 picture, there's no glare in that glass. So mm. it, it's, uh, it's actually easier. But um, the ones I realized, you know, I like to do this now what can I do with this outside? So being in Alaska, I started doing photography and I started heading in the direction of making money with it. Now I don't do it full time, but I'm adding that coal to the fire, right? I'm saying, okay, yeah. so with this, I want to make it a business. So I do have a little side hustle with photography where I do um, portraits, stuff. The only thing I, don't want to do his weddings because I feel like weddings is an extreme <laughs> commitment. Yeah. Um, it is hard, but when it comes to your side hustle, you're going to have friction points, right? So whether, whatever you decide to do and same thing, you have to continue to truck along with photography is going to be hard, right? It's going to be hard because it's going to take you probably a year, 
year and a half before you get your first client. It's just how it is, especially for military because we move a lot around a lot. Yeah. So you drop your clientele and now you got to pick up again. And the other photographers in your area are there constantly. So they're with clientele. People know them. They don't know you. So it takes time. But I learned how to how to compose a, a photo. I learned how to, you know, take the best pictures I can with my gear. And then um, I started, you know, marketing. And the the first thing I did was go ahead and offer free photos because that's how people get to know you. Yeah. And then you offer one free session. And then from there, you do the best you can for them to like you. And then the next time they'll pay you. Um, so that's the fastest way. But I started with photography and then I do when being in the military, I have bought properties in pretty much every place I've been and I used to rent them all. So now getting to retirement, I sold them because they're all spread out through the United States. So I sold yeah. them and I was like, okay, so now I'm going to use that money for later, blah, blah, blah. So one thing that I like is real estate. So the other thing that I have is um, I expanded my photography business into mm -hmm. real estate photography. Oh, okay. Now, as as it gets closer to retirement, I am preparing to face completely into real estate photography as opposed as um, family photos and stuff like that. Because I'm also getting a real estate license. So nice. I'm, I'm getting a real, I'm, I'm going through the classes right now and um, taking the test soon. So because of that, I want to do my own real estate photography so I don't have to pay anyone. Yeah. And then do it for other people. Um, so believe it or not, there is probably more consistent business in real estate photography and architectural photography than it is with everything else. Oh yeah, man. Because obviously um, a developer doesn't necessarily take pictures and they need to portray that to their venture capitalist friends who are going to invest in there yeah. or, um, you know, be able to sell a house or whatever it is. Very quickly, what I learned was there is competition, but the majority of the competition is people want to take pictures of the super expensive homes because they want to take, they want to post it on Instagram, right? <laughs> so I went the opposite way and I went with the, the houses that no one wants to showcase. And that's your fastest way to get business. So you want to, you want to be able to establish yourself quickly. Maybe not the, the exact way you want to, but as soon as they get to know you, everything else comes. Yeah. So I started with regular photography because I liked it. And then I, I decided I'm going to leave that, you know, landscape photography and all that, uh, you know, wildlife and all that stuff as a hobby. And I transitioning my business from photography to real estate photography and um, focusing on just that. And then doing the real estate um, side hustle. And if everything works out, I'm a, I hope to do real estate and real estate photography uh, when I get out instead of continuing what I do in the military. Nice. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. It's, um, 
Yeah, that real estate stuff's crazy, dude. I know tons yeah. of people that, you know, whether it's Airbnbs. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can't you can't sit on the pictures forever, right? You if you yeah. update something, you want new pictures, you want to be able to tell a story of a of whatever property it is you're trying to either sell or get people to rent. Yeah. You know, like in and, and yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh well congratulations, man, because that's awesome to hear. And then, you know, it's hey, awesome man. to hear that you need you know, I mean, we get told that all the time, right? You got a plan. You yeah. got a plan. And one thing I always tell people when they ask me, I'm like, look, you gotta you gotta accept like like your plan for real estate and all that stuff takes a while. Yeah. But like if you want to be a brain surgeon, it's probably going to take a little bit longer. You <laughs> yeah. got to start working on that stuff ahead of time. Right. You can't, yeah. you can't just start working on whatever your plan is a year out from retirement. Yeah. You know, you got to be honest with yourself. Like is it, if you want to be, if you want to work at Ringling brothers, Barnum and Bailey circus as a popcorn vendor, you probably could start a year out from that. But if you want to have a real estate business and a real estate photography business like yours, you know, yeah. you want to at least be able, because what you're, which, what you're doing is building a body of work. Number one, you're essentially yeah. building a portfolio. You can show people. Right. Yeah. And then there are, and let's be honest about it. Like I tell everyone that's active duty or a recent vet, like don't poo poo your military experience. Right. Cause there's mm-hmm. going to be people that have had military experiences that are good. And they're going to be like, Oh, this dude's got a portfolio and he was yeah. in the army for 20 years. So yeah. if I schedule an appointment with him at nine, he's probably going to be there at eight 45. Yeah. Ready to go. Right. Yeah. And if there's an issue, he's not going to just turn around and walk away mm-hmm. like some schlub. He's going to yeah. push through it. Right. Yeah. Because I, I've learned that most successful people in any, any environment, any profession push through problems and don't show up at the last second. Right. Yeah. They, they prepare and they get there early. So that's some awesome advice. So if anyone's, if, uh, if anyone's interested in photography or anything like that, or any of that real estate stuff, is it okay for them to message you? Yeah. Message me, message me for sure. Because I will tell you this, every hobby out there is the same way. Just like when you started with, we started with watches and everyone told you, you need to straight up buy your first watch needs to be a Rolex Daytona. Um, They're going to tell you the same thing in photography and they're going to tell you that you need a camera that's $5,000. When in reality, if you suck at photography, you're going to suck with a $5,000 camera. So you need to, learn other things and i'm telling you you will majority of the time with 90 percent of photography get away with something that cost you a third of that so or a fourth of that so you know if you want to hit me up hit me up i'm always willing to talk about it so hit me up yeah well i appreciate you sharing that because because like I said, man, it, we get into so much different stuff. People plan for so many different things, right? Like yeah. it's a, uh, I don't know if necessarily photography or, I mean, I don't know real estate would be one, but yeah. maybe there's someone out there that's never heard of like real estate photography. And unfortunately you might have just created more competition, but um, <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you you can move somewhere when you retire. That's not going to be a competition. But yeah. so another thing I like to ask people is of all the stuff you've done, right? All your experience areas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Is there one piece of content, you know, like book, podcast, like movie? Um, I don't know. Anything that you ran across that you could recommend to anyone that benefited you? And if so, how did it benefit you? If you don't have one, that's cool too. Yeah, for me, just definitely podcasts. I think that I personally I like to listen to to people. I like to, it feels more like a connection 
than just um, reading. Now, there are some people that can communicate very well through through writing, but unfortunately, that's not everyone. So <laughs> I feel like a lot of times I, I connect better when I listen to people. And I also feel like sometimes um, I can pick up when uh, when they're trying to, you know, hustle, yeah. <laughs> hustle other people. Yeah. So I definitely think podcasts is 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 a great um, a great way to go, and mainly because, and I'm not going to say this doesn't happen in podcasts, but because it does happen, but when you're looking at, I feel like visual content, right? Whether it's social media or YouTube has gone the way of which is a hustle in itself, right? So with photography, for example, there is a lot of photography content creators in YouTube that were never really photographers. And what they do is there is some photographer who's been at it for 40 years and is given a class on how to start a business photography, uh, photography business. And what they do is they go to the class and then they take notes, not on the content of the class, but how the class is taught and what they need to teach. And then they go back and create, recreate the same class and sells it. Or sell the content. And I think that that happens, it's been happening a lot more in visual content. And I think that with podcasts, it's a little bit less. It is out there, it does happen, mm-hmm. but it's a little bit less. So I feel like with podcasting, I feel a little bit um, it's more pure as of right now than visual content. Awesome. So you think you get more bang for your buck by? listening vice watching in some instances yeah because majority of the time in podcasts you don't have to subscribe to anything uh, that you pay um there are some people that do it but majority of the time you don't so you just listen for the information um with youtube or other con- visual content a lot of times they're giving you like snippets and then they're telling you to you know go yeah, to patreon or or something yeah. that they're paying for that you got to pay for in order to get the rest of the content um, and I don't know, they'll tell you, Hey, I have a course that you can, you can get on this. And then you go to the link and you got to pay $250 or $500 or whatever. Yeah, they, it's, they always say it's, it's $250 from a thousand is, is right now for the next 10 days. And it's like that for five years. So, yeah, it's like the, it's like the furniture store. It's like <laughs> closing. Yeah. It's like they've been closing exactly. for four years, man. Like, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just feel like it's, because in podcasting, there's probably less money than YouTube, right? YouTube pays a lot more, especially when you have, um, you know, companies that wants to put ads on and stuff like that. So you can you can make a lot of money on on YouTube, but in podcasting, it's probably harder unless you're Joe Rogan, right? So yeah. it's um, it, you know, it's I feel like it's a little bit more pure because of that. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. All right, so. What's your grail piece? <laughs> so my grail piece, my grail grail, right? My, uh, it's a Grand Seiko diver that is 40 or 41 millimeters. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't exist yet. 
they don't mm. have to change anything. They just have to make it 40 or 41. It, it will exist, but it doesn't exist yet. And unfortunately, I don't know if Grand Seiko is wanting to do that. Um, they they did release a smaller, the smallest one they have released is 42 point something, and it's part of the evolution line. Um, but that one is because it's the evolution nine line. Um is uh is expensive so i don't know <clears throat> i don't know if uh if my grill peas will ever exist but um yeah that's my grill grill i guess um that that i have uh other than that i don't really think i have any other peas that i i consider a a grill um i don't think there's any other peas out there that would make me um you know, fight to stay in the game. It would make me feel like, oh man, I can get out with this. You know, I don't need to do anything else. Um, I don't think there's anything else out there. You know, um, and I do own a Grand Seiko, but it's not that one, right? Yeah, yours is nice. So, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like um, I probably chose that because it's a safe. It keeps me away from having to acquire it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, sometimes I feel like it's just mind mind yeah. uh, games with myself. <clears throat> but honestly, that's uh, that's pretty much it. I, I don't think I have other pieces that I would love to get. You know, sure if I got the chance. Um, but nothing that if that if Grand Seiko tomorrow came out with a a diver that was the same as what they have right now, but forty millimeters. I would do anything in my power to get that piece and I will become so like single focus. I will sell everything, including myself to, uh, <laughs> to get that, to get that, uh, that piece. Um, just, so just that, sell your feet pictures on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I need to start taking a few pictures. Um, yeah. but, uh, but definitely that, that is my, my grill grill. And unfortunately it doesn't exist. So, oh man. <laughs> that's a, that's the saddest answer I've ever heard. No, I'm just kidding. So, you know, Alex, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I always give everybody that comes on a chance at the end, you know, work uh, to plug anything you want to plug. And then also where can our viewers find you online? Yeah. So my watch content is on army and time podcast on uh, Instagram and then army and time podcast on Apple, um, Apple podcast or, Spotify. And, you know, if you want to look at my photography side, I got cancels real estate photography, which I just transitioned that page from, from um, the other hobby photography, I guess. So the content, all the content is starting again. So stay tuned, I guess, but yeah. you can is go through Instagram? there. That's Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Kansas state okay. photography and Instagram and uh cancer's real estate photography i'm sorry and um you can shoot me a message if you want to talk about photography uh, uh i would love to to talk about it too so awesome and if you if you want to talk about you know real estate photography or real estate itself about getting the license and how it is and stuff like that um you can message me too it doesn't matter where just message me yeah alex returns messages i can verify that yeah for sure <laughs> But no, I, Alex, I, I know everyone that's going to watch is going to appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And, you know, 
I haven't told you, I appreciate you. Um, thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate been, you too. No, oh, no problem, bro. And it's it's been great. Um, getting to build this friendship. Hopefully, one day we actually get to sit down and break bread. One day, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> we we kind of live far away, but it, you know it is what it is. But um, yeah. Do you have any parting shots? No. So um, support AWWC, a great organization. Um, they sponsor you, Jason, and the government cheese time. And I think it's a great organization. What they do um, is amazing. And they're doing it basically for free. No yeah. gain. So support them. And then just, yeah, come listen to Government Cheese Time. Listen to Government Cheese Time. Listen to Army <laughs> and Tide podcast. Yeah. Listen to the Watch Rolling podcast. Uh, yeah. It's uh, it's all a blast, man. And it's the communities that we build. But uh, yeah. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Alex. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, everyone, remember at watchrolling.com, you make the watch. The watch doesn't make you.